Hello and uh, welcome back to the Football Index podcast. Today I am joined by Seb O. Seb, how are you doing, mate? Uh, yeah, good, thanks. Yourself on? Yeah, not too bad. Having a good weekend? Uh, yeah, I was out last night, so I'm feeling a bit rough, but no, I'm back to this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sympathise because uh, I did something very similar, so uh, if we sound uh, lacking energy, or if we sound like we are lacking energy, that is because uh, we, we both might be a bit a bit hungover, but yeah. Seb, you, you joined the Index relatively recently, didn't you? Um, well, I started, what, what most people probably don't know, I started with a couple hundred quid around, it was around start of March, I was kind of just playing a few different strategies out, trying different things, uh, but mainly just watching, listening to people on Twitter and trying to learn as much as I could in the next few months. Uh, and then that, most people obviously know me when the big the big deposit went in around end of, end of June. Yeah, end of June it was. And that basically came about because I was happy with where I was. I was confident and basically I'd just done my research. And I was happy to put that amount in pretty much. Get further in depth than that if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I certainly remember you depositing a lot, and I think a lot of traders got excited. So I think that leads on quite well into our first question from Fifty Index LDN. Uh, you know, he asked when you started investing heavily. I'm assuming right off that bulk deposit. How did you decide on which players to buy? Because I usually advocate drip deposits but i suppose with you you were kind of watching from the sidelines for so long that you you, you gained that confidence to, to deposit in a bulk manner well, i'll talk about how i came out of getting that amount of money in so as i said i was playing around with my own money uh at the start a few hundred then i got up to about three or four thousand and i was i was probably investing that for about a month to a month and a half where i made i think between 10 and 15 percent so at that point i was quite happy and i also made a few mistakes in there while i was learning uh, so after that, and this is where probably it's going to be a bit of a letdown. People probably got hopes for my job uh, being an investment banker. I've heard, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I pretty much uh, I've got a good relationship with my dad, and I basically went into his office, spent about two hours trying to explain the football index to him. He knew nothing about it at this point. Uh, pitched it to him, tried to explain everything, went through the numbers of my last month or two, uh, and asked him for an investment. And that's basically where we landed on. <laughs> wow pretty interesting yeah uh, uh and and he was happy to to to, yeah. to join join forces yeah uh we basically came to an agreement of what will happen at the end of a year but to be honest it's going that well uh i'll either carry on with this amount or hopefully uh get a get a bigger investment um but no in terms of in terms of who i decided or how i decided on which players to buy uh, I mean, people have probably seen the spreadsheets I've posted on Twitter maybe before with all my, like, I'm very stats-based, but I've also got a good general background in football, uh, so I can also take into account other factors that aren't statistical. Uh, but I was basically looking at uh, dividends over the past six months, uh, both media and performance was. Uh, I would take into account age. I know some people don't like that as much, but and even I, I see that it's not that much of a factor because a lot of trades are short term. Uh, but you've also got to take into account how the market feels about it at the end of the day. And a lot of people take into account age. So if you don't, then I think you're missing out on one. Um, and then also, as I said, other factors that aren't statistical. Uh, sorry, aren't statistical like a uh, change of manager or which leads to a change in style of play. So a big one, big example of that, I guess, is Chelsea. Uh, so I basically took into account all that, put it all together, um, and then I just went through player each player and I picked my reasons behind either buying them or not buying them. And as people probably know, most of my picks are the top 200. There's a couple of players outside that, but 
uh, most of them are in top 200. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I, I just want you to dig into those variables that aren't statistical, those those ones that perhaps can create opportunities on the index when there are those big variables that change. You mentioned change of manager. So so why don't you go into those non-statistical variables a bit more? Yeah, so I think most of them come around. Uh, most of them to do with manager changes will be change of style. And obviously that's going to affect the player's performance buzz, uh, more so than media. There is an interesting probably one coming up in Mourinho that is probably going to affect Pogba's media buzz, but I guess we'll get onto that a bit later. Uh, but yeah, basically looking at performance, but so how a manager will affect a player's or a team's average performance buzz. Uh, so when I, it's basically, it's guessing at this point, you've got no stats behind it, but when Sarri came in for Conte, very different managers, Conte is quite defensive, sort of like Mourinho, whereas Sarri, as everyone knows, is called Sarri Ball, so there's a lot of possession, and obviously once you dive into the scoring matrix, it's made up very much of things that you're going to need in possession, so passes, crosses, uh, things like that. So obviously we've seen that effect on Hazard at the early part of the season. We've yet to see whether that will carry on. Uh, his, his scores this year, despite not maybe not getting the goals this year, uh, have been a lot better than last year. So, yeah, especially looking at how a manager or the style of a team affects their performance uh, scores. Yeah, something that I think a lot of people didn't take into account, as well as perhaps transfers of, of players going from one team or another, or, you know, if you owned a player at a team and a big player comes into that team, you know, we, we've seen Ronaldo. Uh, yeah, Ronaldo, I think, is the biggest example. Definitely so. But we also saw, uh, I don't know why I'm picking this out example out, but a player like Malcolm, who who scored quite well for Bordeaux last season, going to Barcelona, uh, things like that. So so did you take those things into account as well? How did you tend to judge those variables? Well, I, I should have probably gambled a bit more, but basically when Ronaldo left, uh, straight away I got on bail. Um, he's obviously dipped a bit recently. He came up the last couple of days. Um, but at, at, at the start, I can't remember what he was, to be honest. Maybe six pounds when Ronaldo left. I, I, I'm probably going to figure out the air, to be honest. But I know he rose a lot afterwards because obviously he's going to become the main man. Uh, he'll probably get more goals, more game time. But also, along with that, he'll probably get involved in the play a lot more. So they won't just be directing it through Ronaldo. So he'll get more passes. Um, and then you've also got to look at the other side of it, of which team Ronaldo's going to, obviously Juventus in this uh, in this instance, which has probably had a negative effect on Dybala so far, uh, game time-wise, and probably his baseline, but that's hard to tell because he's not played that many minutes. Uh, but we'll, I guess we'll see, see how that pans out. Uh, I, I think I picked up some Pjanic uh, from Juventus. Uh, that was mainly because I didn't think Ronaldo would probably affect his performance score that much but he will probably lead to more wins and obviously uh, I don't know the stats behind it I think Buzzing Paul might have mentioned it uh, but obviously most of the winners uh, for performance was are on the team that wins so I think that helps at the end of the day. Mm, certainly so and uh, you mentioned Real Madrid there they obviously got a new manager as well so that's probably why we didn't see that much movement in their players until they started playing football because that there are two big variables there. You've got their best player leaving and then a new manager coming in. So there was so many so many things to, to consider there. But for DNDX LDN also asked you, Seb, if your mindset has changed on your trading method since you made that massive bulk deposit. So I think you had you said you had about three, four thousand before your larger investment. So what what changed after the big bulk deposit? Uh so when I made the bulk deposit I had my 
after looking at all the stats and what I've not what I've said and whatnot, I had my list of about it was about twenty five, thirty players at the time that I wanted to get. Um mostly top two hundred as I said, with a couple of exceptions. But to be honest, it's not changed too much since then. I'm I'm still playing the long term game at this point. Uh, the only thing that has changed is obviously my knowledge of the platform and, and, and other strategies, more short-term strategies, has improved. Uh, I'm not implementing them as yet. I'm just looking at, seeing how it goes and then possibly maybe in six months' time when I've got a better grasp of like cycles, uh, how to short-term trade, then I'll probably implement it. But to be honest, at the moment, I'm just trying to play it safe, make sure I get a decent amount of return on investment and then uh, possibly look at changing strategies next year. Having that list, did you... A uh, quick question for me. Did you find that... Were you tempted to stray outside that 25-30 player bracket? Because I seem to always say oh, I want to whittle down my portfolio slightly, but then I end up buying more and more that I see value in, and then that kind of cycle goes rolls over and over. So how disciplined did you have to be to be like, I want to I want to have big holds in these 25-30 players and not be tempted by, I don't know, one, one decent buzz score uh, that, that might make you uh, that might make you react? Um... To be honest, it's going to sound strange, but I think I want to say ASP or possibly someone else with a big investment. Actually, no, it wasn't ASP. It was the big Don when he was on. He's obviously got a, a big, big portfolio. He's saying he's quite risk averse. I think it was. I want to say it was a Don. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. I think and he's, I'm very he's similar. So, so many players. Yeah, when I was looking at the stats, if I was on the fence about someone, I would just say no. Even if there is some good upside there, I would kind of just try and pick the players that I'm 100% certain in because this is. There's one thing I wanted to mention and one thing I believe in is when you're buying someone, I think you either need to write down or you at least need to think about the reasons behind the purchase and don't make an impulse purchase because two or three days down the line when you're looking at him again, you're gonna get you're gonna get very tempted to sell if you've not got those reasons in your head. Whereas for my players, I have a spreadsheet with all the stats, but I also just have a tab on there which has a list of all the players I've got, uh, and then next to him the reasons why I bought them. So that if I'm ever I don't know. I'm tempted to sell, basically. Uh, I'll look at that and I'll basically, as long as my reasons are still there and they've not changed, then I'll keep them. Uh, the only time I'll change is if something's changed with them and obviously those reasons are no longer valid. So disciplined, calculated, Seb, I like your style <laughs> so far, mate. <laughs> we'll move on to the next question. This is from uh, FI Charlie. He says, when you finally decided to make that bulk deposit as a newbie into the index, and I think we've discussed and found out that you weren't quite a newbie, were you nervous or excited while investing it? You certainly made the rest of the traders on the index excited about where the next thousand pounds were yeah, going. I was laughing when I was reading this question, actually, because I definitely, I wasn't nervous at all. Uh... I guess, as I said, I'd done the research. Everything told me that the growth would continue with the platform. So excited to make money. Um, but no, I, when I looked at this, as I said, I, I think the growth will continue for years to come. But I always find it funny when I see people on Twitter or general conversations in life where people think, oh, I've missed the boat now. Look at the look at the growth over the last couple of years. I've, I've missed it. But I just I don't I don't see that being the way. Like I I don't know. Roughly, there's about 175,000 users so far. Uh, and I, I personally believe in maybe five, ten years time, maybe longer, this will be as big as fantasy or close to. Uh, and obviously that's got uh, about five million. I wouldn't maybe expect it to get that many, but I definitely expect it to get in the millions. So if you look at it that way, there's a hell of a lot of growth to go. So that's that's where my confidence comes from again. Well, that's certainly, certainly... It's uh, bold. The People dream, might not see it, it that way, to, but that's to, the way to, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> to, get to, a, to get to a stage where we have a community as large as the FPL community would be absolutely incredible. I think I'd... Um... 
have to have to find some sort of bot to answer DMs at that point. Um, <laughs> but like, as as you said, you weren't nervous at all. So, what would your advice be to people who are potentially on the sidelines, like you once were, looking to make that big deposit? What would your advice be to not be nervous, if that makes sense? Um, a probably look at the growth over the last couple of years. Uh, you pretty much at the moment with the amount of newcomers coming on, the amount of money going into it. And this is kind of what I was pitching to my dad when I told him about it, is you can't really go wrong, to be honest. I may I may have picked the right players. I'll have to compare that with the overall or the average growth of the index in maybe six months and see if I've actually picked the right players. But you can't go wrong too much because the, the index is growing that rapidly. Um, so I would say it that way, but also before getting involved, like I did, I would spend, say, a month or two getting used to it. Don't 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 put a load in straight away. Get used to how things work. Because I remember this is funny actually, when I first joined, and this is back in March, I was just at a hundred or two hundred pounds. The first player I bought, and I checked this earlier, was Lewandowski. Uh I can't remember the price, I think it was around two pounds or maybe something around around the amount. And all I remember thinking is this is before I looked at any of the the scoring matrix or anything. So I looked at the prices and I was like, why is Lewandowski £2 when Harry Kane's, whatever he was, £6, £7 at the time? They're both similar level or maybe Lewandowski's a bit worse. But I was that's all I thought, the quality of the player. Uh, and I just bought some off that. And I think he went down maybe within a week. I was like, sell him. Uh, so yeah, the first thing to look at, I would say, is understand what drives price is the main thing. Uh, there are several things that can drive price, but ultimately it will come down to either... Uh, the actualization of dividends or the potential dividends in the future. Uh, so there's a lot of things that fall under that, but ultimately it, it comes down to those two and things. You mentioned that when you first came onto the platform, you bought Lewandowski and you, you thought he was about the same player calib- caliber of player as, as Kane. Is that a, a slight danger or a slight detriment to Football Index that perhaps performances aren't yet fully reflected on as they are on the pitch if that makes sense do you do do you think in the future there might need to be a change or do you just think football index need to do a better job of onboarding customers and, and saying them that you know what like Lewandowski is a really good player but he might not be the best player to hold on football index yeah well I, I get where you're coming from obviously people have spoken about the scoring matrix before and how it needs to be altered now I would agree uh possibly over time you don't want to implement a lot of changes at one so do it slowly over time with a couple of changes if if they can I don't know obviously the the regulations behind it uh, sorry um so yeah I would, I'd possibly change it over time but I'm not I'm not too bothered as long as Obviously, it'll probably harm the onboarding process, maybe because people don't get behind it like I didn't at first. But I think you've just got to understand it. You've got to understand what sort of players suit and don't suit uh, the scoring matrix. Uh, and obviously, it's normally players not number nines. So even though Kane's that much, that's mainly because A, he's English. B, he's good for media. Obviously, Lewandowski's maybe won the media once or twice. Uh, but Kane's good for the media. So that's probably the main difference in, in price. Uh, both very similar players. So... I know Kane's probably done better on the performance because he loves a, loves a good hat-trick <laughs> or four goals in a game, which is pretty much what you need if you're a number nine. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I would, I'd say it needs changing to reflect more of uh, true performance 
But I think the main key is just to understand if you are getting into the under. I, I think that there needs to be something in the middle between those two ideas, yeah. right? Like we, we want to iterate and make the product better, but we also want Football Index to maybe uh, onboard slightly better. And, and that's kind of why I you know, started the Football Index Guide stuff. But another thing that I wanted to mention, you, you think that growth isn't finished for the like, next two years. Do you I definitely don't do you, <laughs> so if you see like a player on current dividend returns like Neymar say he's the top player I always use him as the example because he's the top player if he got to an 18 19 pounds and he's kind of maxed his price comparative to dividends if that the whole market does that and we've reached kind of like a, a squeeze and we've we've reached this um the the max market cap as we discussed on the podcast with ASP do you still think there will be a lot of opportunities there? Will Football Index need to kind of change the way they market the product where they don't talk about a player that's gone from £1 to £18? They start talking about maybe a player that goes from 6 to £9 because of great performances over two or three months. What What are your thoughts when that kind of eventually happens? Yeah, well, I, I do think that's... I know we've, we've been, I think, the last couple of podcasts, market cap's been mentioned quite a few times. I do think we're a way off that, but obviously you've still got to think about it uh, long term. Uh, I think it's hard to tell when the market cap is. Obviously, it's when dividends reach a point where it's more like an investment, so maybe between 5 and 10% of a player's value in a year, say, let's say something around that. Uh, whereas, obviously, at the moment, that's why it's such good value, because if you look at the returns over the last year, some of the top players are returning between or around 40% in a year, which is ridiculous. And that's just dividends alone, not capital appreciation. But when yeah, when we do re- eventually reach that point, uh, uh, obviously, there's the there's the share split going around. I'm, on, I'm, con- I'm sort of on the fence, actually. I remember back when maybe I wasn't too experienced, I was... I was all for the share split. Who wouldn't be? I mean, it promotes growth, but as I've heard many times, it's it's very short term. And although it halves or quarters, whatever they decide to do, a player's value. So Neymar goes from what thirteen pound fifty to six pound seventy five. So he looks a lot more attractive. But then, when you newcomers look at the dividends on on uh, on offer, obviously they're half, so that's less appealing. So you've also got to look at both sides. So. There's probably a you know a happy medium or a, or another alternative. But I can't say I've I've thought of it. I just hope the guys at uh, football index. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, Mike Adam Cole and particularly Kieran, who, who does a lot of the product guys, who's, who's most definitely the brains behind the operation. I think that they've probably got something up their sleeve. We don't know what it is yet, but uh, I, I trust them fully, and, and hopefully the football index community do as well. Got to have faith, don't you, Seb? But uh, I think we'll move on to the next question. Tom J F I asks is having a hundred Neymar a better option than investing £1,300 further down the index so what are your thoughts on this so uh, I read this and yeah obviously if you just have one player then no <laughs> there's no point having one one player the key thing I would uh, suggest to anyone joining the index is to have a, a diverse portfolio so depending on your uh, level of investment diversify have 20 minimum players I would say because that I've uh, negates the effects when there's a big not rise so much obviously you want the big rise when there's a big fall in a player if you have a diverse portfolio you won't see the hit as, as, as large so if, if you're just going to have one 100 name and nothing else no I'd never suggest that I would suggest putting that further down the index like he says spread it around but I know he's probably asked this because I've got Neymar uh, so the reason I've got Neymar is because I've got a portfolio of about between 30 and 35 players it sometimes changes but I typically have around that um 
and I have him because I see him as a, a safe long-term hold. Obviously, he's, he's in the top three with Ronaldo and, and Messi as the top three players in the world. And obviously, they're getting to the end of their career. So, reasonably, when they retire, whenever that is, when they're 50, um, <laughs> uh, he'll, he'll probably be the best player unless Pat Mbappe catches him up. Um, but he's, he's a, I view him as a long-term safe hold. He'll be good for media. I know he's not been doing much recently and there's a lot of uh, Neymar bashing going around on Twitter, let's say. Uh, but I think performance-wise, he'll come good. He had a... A tough start to the new season because he started up front, which uh, made made his performance. But uh, sorry, his performance scores not as good. But as soon as he's back out wide with Cavani up front, uh, I think he'll show show himself to be uh, just as good as last season, really. Mm-hmm. And is that your view on certain players in your portfolio that you're not going to sell them for a couple of years? So you talked about Neymar there potentially taking the throne off Messi and Ronaldo as one of the two best players in the world. Do you? view your holding Neymar to, to that length of time until those two guys start whittling down? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm as, as uh, in terms of trading, sorry, as, as least active as I am, I don't do much active trading. I'll maybe do one a week when I've changed my mind. I'll play or when someone's risen or fallen, I'll, I'll tend to change my mind and maybe go for a different player. I don't do too much active trading, but I'm very active on the platform. I'm, I'm on it every, every half an hour having a look. Uh, always up to keeping up to date. So, if something changes, I'm more than I'm more than happy to sell. But yeah, I do view them as as long term. I'll probably uh, I tend to review every month or so my players go back through the reasons why I bought them. Um, as I said, uh, but yeah, come the end of the season, I'll probably have a review. Uh, and to be honest, yeah, most probably will hold and maybe add some players uh, if I increase the investment. But yeah, that's the way I look at it. Uh, very long term, but I'm happy to go. It's harder with the bigger players because the spread and the commission you lose. But uh, I'm happy to go in and out of players like I've done it with uh, Ronaldo and Bale since since joining. I've got in and out of them, but obviously I've got them back in my portfolio now. Yeah, so so don't be afraid of trading in and out those big players, guys. But uh, we'll move on to the next question. This is from, I think, a different Charlie. Uh, I'm not sure. But <laughs> he says, when buying a large number of shares in a player 500 plus per se is there a strategy to buy or do you get them all at once what are your thoughts on this i think this is basically a question asking uh, whether or not you bulk buy or, or just accumulate long term uh, well uh, probably as most people have seen i bulk buy uh but no when <laughs> when i was when i was first buying all of my players so back at the end of uh, of june early july um, my strategy was, and I think I've maybe mentioned it to you in, in messages along with a couple other people, because at that time I wasn't as experienced as I am now. So I was looking for advice from more experienced traders, uh, which is always a good thing to do if you're getting into it. Um, I was basically waiting for players to get knocked out of the World Cup, wait for the dip and then buy on the dip. So that sort of gives you that um, comfort margin, basically, of, say, 20, 25p when a player goes out. Uh, so that's what I was doing when I first... And when when I was first getting into it with the bulk deposit, uh, so that's how I got them now. Uh, sorry, got them then. I just waited for them to get knocked out of the World Cup again. And that was pretty much what I did for every player, bar the ones who aren't in the World Cup that I've got. Uh, but nowadays, uh, if I'm buying some someone, uh, which I maybe do twice a week when I'm just swapping in and out, uh, I, I, I basically, I don't, the only thing I try to avoid is buying on a massive rise because it tends to be, although it, it, at the moment, it's probably not as uh, often, uh, but it tends to be after a big rise, you see a small fall. So I tend to not buy after big rises. But apart from that, as long as I'm with, happy with my reasons to buy, I'll just buy the 500 normally. Uh, 
straight straight away uh, and I mentioned the 500 there that's that's just the amount I've got of every single player I own I always just get 500 shares of each each player is there a reason for that Seb because sometimes obviously 500 Neymars uh, is equivalent to what like you know over six and a half thousand pounds with that whereas 500 of a two pound player that's only a thousand pounds so it, do you ever look at it in terms of the monetary value is it always the the amount of shares I've thought about this recently actually I've I may change in the future. I'm, I can't change now because it would mean selling players off, rebuying some. Uh, but I think in the future, it would probably be a smarter option to look at the percentage of portfolio. So if I've got, uh, let's make it easy. If I've got 20 players, therefore each player is, uh, realistically, I should have each player as being 5% of my portfolio. Uh, therefore, it makes up 100%, if everyone knows what I mean. Um, so I would work out, what 5% of that player would cost and that's how many I should buy really that's probably what I should do uh, but that's that's probably something I'll have to do when I reshuffle around my portfolio in the future but yeah at the moment I'll just have to stick with the 500 shares I think a piece but I think I don't know it's, it's something I'll probably have to think more about but uh, yeah I think a percentage of your portfolio is probably a smarter option to be honest mm. well, I, I certainly advocate having a max percentage of your portfolio in in one player just to avoid that risk but you know if you want to be less risk adverse and obviously there's there's bigger reward if it comes off then sometimes you can you can stretch that slightly but when you're accumulating players like when you want a player but you don't want them right now but you're slowly buying in 10s and 20s or whatever do you ever do that and is that a strategy you employ to to kind of slowly dip your toe into a position uh not so much but i do I do sometimes see a player I want, and if they're at not I say not a price that I don't want, but if I can see them maybe decreasing in the next week or so, I will wait for that dip. Uh, trying to think of an example now, but yeah, if I see a if I see a dip coming in a player, then obviously I'll wait for that to happen, and then and then I'll buy. But no, I don't I don't typically just buy ten or twenty, uh, uh, and I'll, I'll yeah I, I tend to just buy the five hundred at the price I see at the time. If, if, I've got them. If I've got the cash balance there anyway, there's been a couple of times where I've not been able to and I've had to wait uh, wait a while for people to sell or something like that. Go big or go home, right? Uh, last <laughs> last question before we move on to kind of the Adam Cole Q&A summary. Uh, it's from Dr. Iron Portfolio. In your first month or so, what did you see as the big opportunities and have they paid off? So were there any really good decisions that you made, Seb? Uh, one one thing which is probably not an opportunity, I guess it is an opportunity, but it's probably not one most people would think of, is when it came to Ronaldo moving to Juventus. Uh so I picked him up probably about a week before his move, so as it was all uh, building up. So he probably won the media buzz, what, a week in a row, something like that. Uh, he got a prize rise as the result of that. But I saw that the announcement was coming, uh, and my my thought process uh, came to the conclusion that he would see a big drop after the announcement, just because even though, in my opinion, his value at Juventus is still probably similar uh, to what it is at Real Madrid or what it was at Real Madrid, there's there's uncertainty there over if uh, the index hasn't been around for five six years, but if it was, the certain the certainty surrounding Ronaldo would have been huge. There's there's no uncertainty there. You know he's going to produce every year for Real Madrid, whereas Juventus, uh, as unlikely as it is, you've got that uncertainty surrounding him. So he was always going to see a dip in my opinion. So I sold him maybe a day or two before his uh, before his announcement. And I, I want to say he dropped from about £9.20 to around 8 50 8 60 And then I picked him back up at that price. 
So I'd say that's probably one of the, the better trades I've made, uh, even though it's not an opportunity as, as such. Um, and the only other one is, I sort of alluded to it earlier with uh, Sarri coming in as manager for Chelsea. Uh, as I said, I, I thought that would increase Chelsea's players as a whole performance uh, scores. But the main the main area I thought was the defence because they were obviously going to have a lot more possession. Uh, and but at that point you kind of just needed to work out who he was going to play uh, because obviously he was changing the formation to three three or five at the back, whichever you prefer, to four at the back. So I took a gamble on Alonso being the left back. Uh, I kind of knew as Piliqueta would start. In my opinion, he's one of the best and most consistent defenders in the world. Uh, so I thought he was always going to play and I took a risk on Rudiger. And those three, maybe not as much as Piliqueta, but definitely Rudiger and Alonso paid off big time. Uh, I think Alonso has nearly tripled in value since since I bought him and that's not even too long ago, really. <laughs> well, that's uh, you've certainly done well there, Seb. But what about opportunities that you thought were there that might might have uh, bit you in the arse slightly? Did you have any um, any? Bad um, buys when you when you first went in with that big portfolio or big deposit. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's as I said, it's hard to make a bad buy, but I definitely made maybe some bad trades where I was kind of as I mentioned earlier. I I, I always tell people to get the reasons behind the buys uh, down so that they don't change their mind, and I kind of didn't do that. I went against my own logic on a couple. Uh, so there was a couple like <laughs> the pie, which wouldn't have been a bad buy if I stayed onto him because obviously he had a big rise but I basically got him and then a week later I looked back at him and I wasn't as sure as I was at the time so I sold him um, and that probably happened with maybe two or three players where I didn't I, I, I didn't get the reasons down as much as I normally do uh, and it was kind of more of a impulse I saw I saw the opportunity and I bought it and even though it probably would have been a good buy if I held on to it I then changed my mind because I didn't uh, have the confidence in it as I dealt with all players there is always an inherent risk isn't there but I suppose what you said right at the start there, in the last four or five months, it's been hard to make a bad buy. I think you just have to look at it relative, as you actually mentioned earlier in the podcast, to the growth of the platform in itself. But I think we'll move on to the Q&A now. Seb, I think uh, that was really exciting from Adam Cole the other day. Uh, we actually wrote up a load of questions and, and themes that we were going to talk about, and obviously this was going to take precedence. Um, the first thing was uh, Gillen Balagay joining the Football Index team. How big is this? Uh, big. I mean, he's got a lot of followers. I, I've not actually looked, but I know someone put a million, so I would, I'll trust that information. It's got to be around a million. It, it's funny, actually, and I've seen a lot of maybe negative comments but, but, uh, towards him. And I, I'm I'm in that, uh, I don't know what it is, uh, realm. I actually don't, when I listen to him, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan. But to be honest, at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. He's a, he's a huge um, asset or, or, or figure in the, in the footballing world. So it, it doesn't matter what you think of him. The amount of people and... Uh, newbies uh, he's going to bring to the platform is huge and it's also along with John Motson he brings a lot of legitimacy to the product as well I think that's an important point isn't it the confidence that this gives to traders that are currently there and also from the outside in it does make it look a lot more legitimate doesn't it you've got John Motson now you've, you're moving into other territories which we'll move on to in a minute but Gina Balaguer someone who has a million followers right he, he wrote a book on Messi he wrote a on Pep, these are people that he obviously had to interview very intimately to, to find uh, 
different angles of their lives. He's obviously incredibly well connected with uh, teams in in Spain. Uh, in, you know, very well connected with uh, some of the board and, and higher ups at Barcelona, and obviously now Manchester City as a couple of their guys moved over. So this is someone who's really, really, really big in the football world, and I don't think people should discount that at all whether or not you think his footballing opinions are credible if that makes sense whether or not you think that he's you know gotten some transfer rumors wrong or or just said some stupid things he's a massive footballing personality he has a million followers and that a million is if you if you mentioned 175,000 accounts on football index we're probably looking at about 20 25,000 active accounts that's you know, that's a that's like forty times the amount of active accounts there are. He has followers, so you you got to look at it. You got to take a step back, take the wider view of this, and just realize how big an asset he is going to be to football index. But another thing was that Ireland's finally opening up, <laughs> Seb. So what? Why don't you talk to us a bit about that? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm all for it. Obviously, getting out to more. Um countries is, is better it's going to open us up to more possible uh newcomers uh, it's always a good thing uh islands are great <laughs> i've never actually been so i'm looking at possibly going <laughs> to the to the dublin trader meet it just depends on it falls to be honest uh but i'd love to go meet some people in person uh it can't be a bad thing at the end of the day more countries we get uh, yeah certainly a really really good territory isn't it because they are big gamblers i think <laughs> <laughs> but i i mean there are a few people that listen to the football index podcast from ireland already i think if you're listening uh, do, do shout and say hello uh, i've obviously had dms from people asking when it's going to be launched you've obviously seen a lot of stuff on twitter whenever football index tweets something there are a lot of people saying like when's this open in ireland you said it was going to be open like three four months ago but uh, i'm looking at it now 487 listens in leinster uh about 12 listens in monster and uh one listen in in connaught it, Connaught, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. So uh, a little bit of interest in the in the fig cast from Ireland, which is quite fun. So hopefully people can um, people from from there. Will, I'll start seeing those listener numbers spike because uh, I certainly saw Sweden uh, spiking recently, and uh, maybe who knows with Gillen Balagay, they're looking at even more territories in the future, right? That this could. Yeah, if they could get Spain, that'd be that'd be. That'd be <laughs> but it's a, but it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because. John Motson is very UK based, right? He's a he's a massive personality in football in the world, but obviously predominantly in the UK. Gillian Balagay is quite international, so it strikes me as an interesting move on a you know metaphorical chessboard because you're only currently in the UK, Sweden, and Ireland is coming, and Canada's probably coming soon. Is this for them, along with hiring someone who's specifically? or their specific role is to find new territories and, and to get football index in new territories. This seems to be ramping up a bit, doesn't it? I agree with that completely. Uh, I think it shows the growth of the business as well, that they've they've been able to hire someone just, just for that purpose solely. Uh, I think it's a great sign. I know some people get worried about, even though the growth is fantastic at the moment, they worry about the phrases when it goes to zero. And obviously people worry about not getting any of the money back but I think this just shows and obviously along with the the recent uh, I think tweet out looking for roles within the company uh, hiring people 
think it just shows the growth and how well they are doing along with I know Adam Adam Cole mentioned it on the Q and A uh, again the other day uh, that that how how well it's going. So I think that's just another another way of demonstrating that uh, that it's that it's going well and that I don't think there's anything to worry about really. Mm-hmm, certainly so. And I, what what are your what are your feelings in in general on that? I guess you've already mentioned that you're very positive about the future, but from a business model standpoint, are you quite confident in that as well? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess I've not got too much experience in that side. Um, I'm happy to let them uh, crack on with it, as you as you, as you say. Uh, obviously, it's it's, it's got to be a good thing. I'm as as I'm not I'm not that experienced in in, in business or, or what they should be doing. So I'm, I'm I'm happy with the way it's going, and I keep up to date on it, but. I'm, I'm, I can't see a bad side to it, uh, and it and it gives Adam Cole some more free time to maybe work on some things uh, with the team to do with the platform rather than having to focus on trying to get new acquisitions and obviously uh, new new countries. Mm-hmm. And speaking of uh, platform refinements, there's a new beta site that's ready to be launched. So have you have you had a look at it yet, Seb? I saw the photos posted maybe a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I've not had, I've not really had a proper look at it. Um, it looks a lot cleaner, but I guess the only way we'll be able to tell if it's if it's as good or better is is when it comes out when the when the beta comes out. It certainly um, does look a, a bit more professional, doesn't it? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, a lot more professional uh, rather than a maybe, rather than maybe a gambling site. Even though that's what it is, it just has that more professional feel to it, and it looks, as I said, yeah, a lot, a lot cleaner. It, it definitely makes it seem like less of a game, if you get what yeah. I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and um, I, I do think, yeah, that there are a few, probably a, a few kinks that need to be worked out, and there are a lot of people who who don't really like how it looks, but maybe that's just because we've we've grown so attached to these uh, to these blue colours. Yeah, I'd agree. I think change change uh, for anyone is, is difficult uh, to adjust to. Uh, you've got to figure out how things work. Like, if, if a newbie onto the current website, maybe they would have some troubles, but you've used it or anyone who's on the platform has used it that much, you, you kind of know the way around it. So it's, it's kind of just getting that feel for it again. Uh, even though you might not like it at the start, I'm sure within a week or so, you'll, you'll, you'll be used to it and it might even be better than the current site anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly think it will be better than the old site like they wouldn't launch something worse but also i think there's there's something in there where we talked about they have a new website right and i'm not a tech person at all but the reason why a lot of the refinements that we want from like a website perspective and an app perspective is because they've already built up this old website and it's harder to implement change on a tech stack that which is layered with so many so many different bits of code if you've got something totally new which is what they've got here or i think what they're hoping to have here is a fresh a freshly coded website then it's going to be easier for them to implement things such as a watch list such as customizable portfolio options that we all want and what are some of those options that you're you're begging for seb yeah, I think it's good. As um, I think a lot of people mentioned in the past, the more things you can you can sort by or filter by, I think is is good. Uh, also, on your portfolio, the more detail. Uh, I think someone mentioned it yesterday about having profit per player in terms of it takes into account uh, change of value since you bought, so cost, uh, uh, buy price, and current price it takes into account dividends. One, so that that'd be nice that you could see that on your portfolio. Um, as you say, it, I've not actually had too many problems with the watch list although i don't use it that much i'm probably not the most experienced 
so that that would be good if it worked. And I would say, even though it may not be needed uh, when the order books come out, the obviously the reserve price, if that function worked every time, that would be uh, helpful. <laughs> it certainly would. I, I, it's so awkward for me to explain why that doesn't work. A lot of traders or new traders who come onto the platform who might have had experience with uh, exchanges or uh, you know buying and selling stocks in, in the past, they know what a reserve price is. They see a reserve price function and they think it's going to work. They message me and say, why isn't this working and the honest answer is i just actually don't know they just uh they 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 just haven't paid any attention to it but are there any other things that you want them to do going forward that you think will be better for the platform the product the the business in general um uh, you know we're going to talk about share split in a minute and uh trader meets and so on and so forth but what what else do you think they should uh, be looking at um i mean to be honest i've not got too many ideas i'm i'm probably more someone who's very happy with it now i know a lot of people have different opinions and and features that they can implement uh i'm happy with it is now i know that they're working on things so i'm I'm looking forward to the order books uh specifically but uh i, I, I just look forward to what they do obviously as i said the more filters so i like how the you can't really do it on the on the desktop on the mobile how you can search by club those sort of things, basically, just to make it more accessible for people, uh, more easy to, to navigate, really. Uh, and I, I, maybe the uh, is it the percentages for the seven day and twenty four hour things? Obviously, they need to be worked out. But I'm sure they will be on the new on the new website. Uh, I I think there's a concern, maybe not so much a concern, but with the the minimum viable product that Mike often kind of quotes and and you can go over and listen to episode i think 33 of the football index podcast with mike and and adam where he talks about the minimum viable product where they don't have the the bells and whistles on this platform just yet but at some point you have to do that you have to start refining the platform and the product and, and making it a lot more robust because there are only so many people that you can acquire as customers at some point you have to start focusing on retention and uh making people who have zombie accounts realize that they were wrong to to leave the platform and get them to come back on i I think a lot of those things like as as you grow as a company there needs to be a point where you start looking at that product a lot more and i think that time might be coming soon in the next 12 months for football index but you mentioned the the order books there sebi are you nervous about them at all I mean, I'll be interested to see how they work. I've I've never used uh, like a stock market or anything before, so uh, I've obviously listened to your podcast, and that's kind of where I've got my information or understanding of them from. Um, I I, I look forward to them. Oh, obviously, it depends. Uh, as you say, I can't remember what the term is, but whether you can see what people have listed, uh, what people have put orders in for. I can't remember what you call it, whether it's invisible or not. Uh, the the orders, and that'll be interesting. Um. But no, I'm I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. It's a it's a different way uh, to trade. I like I like the fact that even though the market, if you want to sell, say now, if you want to sell at a, a, a market price, you have to sell at the buy price. Whereas if you were in an order book, you could say, actually, I don't, I want to sell, but I would be happy with a, a ten to fifteen p loss as long as I can get rid of them quickly. I'm assuming that's how it would work. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not too familiar with it, to be honest. God, I was just going to say, Adam Cole always also mentioned that there would be liquidity providers, so instant sale might not be disappearing because I think that was something that was a bit uncertain. If we were in a market where we were totally peer to peer, if that makes sense, where we're all selling to each other, then there there's there grows a bit of uncertainty because I think that instant sale button is a comfort blanket for a lot of traders, isn't it, Seb? Uh, yeah, and, and talking about the instant sale, uh, something I meant. I, 
saw on the Q&A the other day, which I think would also be good, uh, and I think uh, either Adam or Mike confirmed that they're looking at it, is when you click on that instant sell button, uh, it comes up with the commission you would lose. Just just talking about things that they can improve upon. Because uh, I think I tend to work that out on my, on, my, on my spreadsheet or whatever, but I think that'd be helpful for a lot of traders, including myself, uh, so that you can actually work out whether you're making a profit A for a start and obviously how much. Um, but yeah, the old books, um, again, I'm, I'm looking forward to them. I like the idea of even if there is the instant sell, uh, you could maybe find a middle ground that you want to sell up between the market uh, buy price and obviously the instant sell price. You can find a middle ground rather than only having two options. Mm, mm, yeah, I, I think uh, I'm certainly more excited than nervous. I think when they first announced it, I was like, mm, okay, well, how's this going to work? And how's this going to work? How's this going to work? And from speaking to loads of people, from speaking to Mike and Adam, from speaking to uh, people who are experienced in financial services and, and, and have seen order books for on, the, on the larger scale, and from playing around with some other exchanges uh, i think this is going to be a good thing and not only for the amount of liquidity in the platform but for football index as a business in general if they have to pay out less and have less liability as a, as a company on instant sell i think that bodes well for everyone right uh yeah i agree with that and uh yeah it'd be, it'd be good actually to maybe when i go to a trader meet interact with some people who do have some experience in in financial services and get their thoughts on it but as you say all all the the, the stock markets in general in the world use order books so it's it, it's got to be a step up really uh if they're using them why why can't why can't the football index it's got to be the right thing to do Mm, it's also uh, similarly to the website isn't it professionalizing the the, the business the yeah, product definitely. and everything around it but we'll move on and the next thing is apparently no share split pre-christmas so uh seb you, you mentioned that you're still on the fence about it I, i've kind of voiced my opinions and maybe uh, flip-flop a lot a lot just purely because I'm, I'm actually quite indifferent about it now I, I don't really not that i don't care i just don't really know like what option is best and at the moment i think i'm just trusting that football index as a company do, do the right thing or the thing that will impact them in a positive manner the most because every decision they've made so far has has done really well if you if you look at it in the past you know the triple media buzz pb to expanding territories like all those big decisions were have gone well so why not the next share split if it happens in order books like I, I think i'm quite confident on those but what are your opinions you, you you kind of hovered on it slightly earlier but um go go into a bit more depth for us no yeah, well, it's i i mean i'm i'm sort of on the same lines with you i couldn't agree more that i say i'm on the fence but i'm more uh the same i'm, I'm not too fussed either way i can see the positives of, of both sides of implementing the share split or not i think if they do implement the share split uh Obviously, that comes when we're approaching or when we reach the market cap, as we've discussed. I don't think there's any any need for it in the short term, like the next few months. So I think uh, Adam's right to confirm that it's it's not happening before Christmas. There's no need for it. Uh, you can see the bigger players are still rising. We see Messi, Ronaldo and Pogba rise uh, huge amounts in the last week. Uh, so it's clearly not a, a stagnating market, as, as, has been, as has been discussed before. So, yeah, there's... There's no need for it at the moment, but there's no harm in it, I don't think, maybe six months down the line. I do want to talk about one thing. Is uh, We saw a few, or that poll by Mike who, that got about 2,000 votes, and I think it was 85% share split or for the share split, which I actually thought was quite surprising. But then afterwards, I, I kind of had a dig into the community, and I think a lot of traders actually don't know what it will be, like what a share split is and how it will work, that dividends will be divided by you know that the 
the actual ratio that we share split by. A lot of people think that dividends would stay the same if they if they share split which is obviously not going to happen but I, I do think there's a bit of a danger from mike and the team potentially football index as a company and taking on too much feedback from consumers who perhaps don't know the platform yet if that makes sense so I, i'm not saying that these people are unintelligent i just think that maybe these people are quite new to the platform and just don't really know how it works or haven't experienced the, the previous share split which was in 2016 obviously but if you're clicking yes because you think okay share split and the dividends stay the same you're looking at it from the wrong angle and you know a factually incorrect one i think there needs to be something where football index like maybe put out a blog post explaining what it would be and then get some feedback like put outline the process outline potentially the pros and cons and, and give it out to the football index community because I, I think that's what we've done on the the podcast right we've we've talked about the share split a lot it's pros and cons and a lot of people have potentially made their minds up due due to this content but i think there needs to be something for football index this is the process this is what would happen you know the amount of shares in circulation would double dividends would decrease by two people who have uh, shares would multiply by two or whatever just outline that process and then get the feedback because i think there's a lot of kind of up in the air about this thing at the moment do, do you not agree uh, i agree i think that would be a good idea for them to put out a blog post and then i would have the the poll or the uh, the poll of, of of people's um opinions i would have that at the end of the blog post so that you know that they've at least read it or at least clicked on it so that they have a good background information just on the share split, uh, just one thing I'd like to address is you see a lot on Twitter where people are arguing about it and the argument against a lot of the time is that nothing changes uh, in terms of value of players because obviously the value, whatever fraction it is, so let's say half, the value of ha- uh, halves, but so do the dividends, so nothing nothing changes. Uh, just obviously the number of share doubles, so it ex- it's exactly the same. And that's a lot of the uh, people's arguments against, but you've got to look at it from a, uh, a psychological aspect it's it's bigger companies use it all the time uh but it's that's the main thing i think about the share so is the psychological aspect when new users are coming in they see that neymar's that six pound 75 rather than the 13 obviously it, yes when you look at it uh mathematically it's the exact same value in terms of dividend return uh but it's the psychological aspect you've got to take into account do, do you think six pound 75 is still a lot though seb like I always think that you know if someone isn't going to buy Neymar for thirteen pounds, then are they going to buy him for six fifty? I don't know. It's it's a bit up in the air as well. Like, who are you? Are they asking people that aren't on the platform? Are they doing a bit more market research into this? Like, it's are there uh, traders out there already who don't own Neymar and would like to own him, but would pay six pounds fifty and not thirteen pounds? Like, there are a lot of questions that just aren't answered. I think I'm I'm not too sure, um, but. I think there are a lot of people who are talking about share splits and also dividend increases. I think Adam Cole during the Q&A said they haven't ruled out having yeah, dividend increases yes, in the possibly. future, which would <laughs> which which would obviously make players increase in price and therefore, and I do air quotes, less accessible. I find it quite confusing and perhaps uh, interesting that people are talking about the share split and div- dividend increases in tandem. Surely those things are slightly counterintuitive from an accessibility point of view, because if you increase dividends, then those prices all skyrocket, right? And if you share split afterwards, you're kind of negating that uh, price rise, but those players are still 
quite high in comparison to what they are right now. So if we increase dividends by or times them by two and then share split, we'd be back where we were, technically speaking, or if we share split by two, that is. So I, I just quite find it confusing as to why people are, are, are talking about those things in tandem because if you are for a share split for accessibility reasons but you also want a dividend increase i think you need to kind of ask yourself what those re- what the reasons for those things are like th- there are pros to having a share split but if you think one of those pros and why you're for it is a more accessible market and then you also think dividends should increase i think those are contradicting to some extent yeah, I agree. It's 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 a really. That's why I'm kind of on the fence, or I'm 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 of the thought that I'm not too bothered either way. Is because it's quite a difficult. It's it's a difficult one as much as we talk about it and discuss. And obviously, it's, you're you're so more than me knowledgeable of it. Um, but obviously, you still don't know. So it's 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 a difficult and interesting one to to decide upon. Um. As I said uh, earlier in the podcast, it's for me it's short term because obviously if you half it, uh, let's not include the the dividend rise. But if you just uh, put the share split of a half in place, then obviously six months down the line, the players are going to be roughly back to the same price. So do you do it again? Do you do you half the dividends again? I think it's very short term. I think I've not I've not got the solutions. The only the only thing that I've heard is obviously the fractions of players or the bits of players that you can buy is, is a possible option going forward. Uh, so yeah, some, something like that I think needs to be needs to be looked yeah, at. Yeah, I, I think under the the poll, I, I kind of asked the question. I, I get the share split and dividend increase talk or whatever at the moment, but I, I'm more interested in football index talking about kind of that long term standpoint. Like, what do we do when a market cap maxes and and it, we try and change the way they acquire users if that makes sense or they change the way they try and acquire users i think those conversations are a lot more stimulating a lot more interesting and, and frankly uh, i think there's a lot of uh, bickering about this the, the share split dividend increase i think uh, over the last week or so but on a positive note some uh, trader meets coming up and potential deposit bonuses but i, I wanted to ask you Seb, what, what do you think about the deposit bonuses do you think I, I was thinking about this as i walked up the stairs the other day do you think football index are trying to reach that like market cap the limit faster because uh with these bonuses if that makes um, sense i don't know i think they're probably just trying to Obviously, as we've talked about before, increase acquisition. Uh, obviously, if, 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 with all the Sky adverts going going about with the acquisition of, of uh, Gillan Balag, obviously, there's going to be more people looking at possibly joining the platform. So if there's a deposit bonus on offer, that might tip them over the edge in terms of joining. Uh, so I think it's more along them lines. I've only experienced one uh, in my time, which was the one when they announced John Motson when they also did deposit bonus. And I thought that was just ridiculous. I was refreshing my portfolio every maybe thirty seconds a minute while I was whilst I was at work, um, and it was just flying. Um, so I'm all I'm all for it. <laughs> I can't really argue against it. But um, no, I, I've not been to a trader meet as yet, and I know normally that they are uh, what's the word exclusive to the people that that go to them. That I, but I know they're looking at because people uh, asked on the Q and A. Uh, obviously people aren't able to travel to say Dublin or say they live in the north like I do in Manchester it's hard to get down to London uh, for the trader meet so people were asking about possible deposit bonuses that are open to everyone so I know they're looking at that um, be interesting to see what the outcome of that is but I'm definitely going to try and get to depending on when the Dublin one is I'm either going to go to the London or Dublin one so it'd be, it'd be good to see some people there 
Yeah, I, I think that they're good fun. You talk to some good people and you talk to uh, obviously some of the management team as well and some guys who work for Belindex, which is always really interesting. But Seb, I think we've, we've rattled through our agenda for today. Have you, have you got anything that you want to talk about that we haven't talked about already? Uh, the only thing I want to mention is for anyone new to the index or thinking about joining, um, uh, I don't know if you've made it this far into the podcast, to be honest, but if you have, uh, I would just try and when you are joining, take your time, as I said, try and understand what drives prices, understand the scoring matrix is one of my main points, um, and then also get a diverse portfolio. Uh, if you ever see, if you follow people on Twitter, the Twitter community is great. It's where I learn a lot of my information, but if you see people, um, uh, to, to do what's the word not pumping players because they don't always they could just be a recommendation a good suggestion but always do your own research don't just see someone's tweet and buy straight away it might be a good recommendation but always do your own research for buying so that you've got your own reasons behind uh behind that player is what i would uh promote that's a very wise words from a wise man Seb thanks so much for coming on man where can people follow you on Twitter and stuff uh, I actually don't know what my Twitter handle is I think it's <laughs> FI underscore Seb oh, uh, I just set it up when I first set up should we try and search it up it's uh, yeah at FI underline yeah. Seb I, mean, I, so, uh, yeah. I, know, I know his uh, Twitter handle he does know his <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't tweet out much to be honest but maybe I should start uh, doing so more I'm more just a I kind of just soak in what everyone else is thinking, uh, to be honest. But yeah, maybe I'll start bit of a uh, lurker. tweeting out some more. <laughs> I don't like, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't like Great putting stuff. out my own suggestions because, as, as I said, a lot of people, even though it's not, a lot of people see it as pumping. So I don't, I don't, I don't like doing that. But maybe, maybe I should start putting out some useful tips on there. Maybe. <laughs> Good stuff. Look forward to seeing some Seb tips. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And if you want to see my face as, as well as uh, listen to my voice, then head over to the YouTube channel. Got some good tutorial videos there that can help you trade better, trade smarter. And also subscribe to the newsletter, me, Footy Index LDN, who asked, uh, who asked a couple questions in this episode. And Liam are putting one out probably this sunday actually damn they come around so quick so you know uh do look at that goes out fortnightly some good information from those two guys and a little bit of info from me as well and uh if you want to hear my voice speak about other things or not other things football then go and listen to the state of play podcast with uh, matt santangelo that's the at state of play pod uh, on twitter and you can find it on itunes and all your favorite podcast providers and if you want to collaborate or for sponsorship inquiries email me football.index.guide at gmail.com apart from that yeah that's that's all i think big outro but have a wonderful commute and also obviously shout out to the non-commute crew thank you everyone